Turn to Romans 4, please. If you were not here last night, we begin talking about faith and glory. Faith and glory. And we, we see it from this uh, fourth chapter of Romans, and we'll begin about verse uh, 18. We'll start. Romans 4.18 says, uh, talking about Abraham, said, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Verse 19. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. We talked last night about how faith is unmoved by what it sees. It's unaffected by what it feels. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Don't look at those symptoms. Thus saith the Lord. Quit looking at those symptoms. Quit thinking about them. Quit talking about them. Set your affection on things above. Hallelujah. It is written by stripes. You were healed. What are these diseases compared to the power of God? They are nothing before his mighty power. The only way they can have power in us is if they can get our attention and our focus and keep us preoccupied with them. No, look away. The Lord quickened this to me. You know, I had the privilege of being in Brother Hagin's uh, ministry at his healing school for a number of years. And uh, one thing I saw that bothered me well, sometimes people would come and be with us. And man, the progress you would see, the Word of God is seed. Yes. And when it is sown and watered, you, you can see people's lives just like a flower blooming in the sunshine. And we'd see people that could barely get up and move on Monday. And man, by Friday, 80% better. I mean, just yeah. a, a, a marked difference. And then break for the weekend, come back Monday, almost as bad as they were the previous Monday, sometimes. And I'm thinking, Lord, what's going on here? I mean, this is not good. So then you make more progress and then you see it again. And I, I sought the Lord about that one time and he said, spoke to my heart. He said, well, he gave me Romans 8 actually to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is what? Death. Well now carnally minded, what does that mean? It means flesh minded. Mindful of what you're perceiving through the flesh. Aware of the flesh. There's death in it. He said while they're with you, and sometimes they were with us a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours in the afternoon, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He said, while they're with you, they got their mind on me. They got their mind on what I've said. Yeah. And the light and the life and the peace. He said, then they go home and their relatives ask them ten times a day, how do you feel? Yeah. And, and sometimes people, they don't understand how somebody they prayed for and they got 
uh, a lot better. Maybe there was a marked miracle and then three months later they died from the disease. And they go, well, I don't understand that. And then some people say, well, that faith stuff don't work. And they look for some other message. And the Lord showed me this from Peter walking on the water. When the Lord said, come, there was power in that word for him to do the miraculous. Right? And even though everything in the natural says, you've got this incurable terminal disease, even though that's there, that's like saying, you can't walk on the water. Well, yeah, you can. When the Lord speaks to you. Somebody says, well, they told me I've only got three months to live. Well, if you just stop getting worse, you have much longer. (laughs) You've got time to get it together. Right? How do you walk on the water? How do you keep going when everything says you have to die? You can't make it. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. As long as Peter had his eyes on the master, looking at him, thinking about what he said, he's being spiritually minded. And life is coming right out of that word, right out of the master, into him. He's not just walking on the water, he's walking on the word. He's walking on the power of the word, and that is keeping him from going under. And at that point, it was the only thing that was keeping him from going under. And then what happened? Help me. What happened? What happened? He was distracted by the wind and the waves. And when the only thing that's keeping you alive is the word of God, if that stops, how long does it take you to drown? How long did it take him to go down? If he hadn't called out to the Lord and mercy responded, he'd been gone just like that. He'd have drowned. And people that didn't know any better say, well, see, that faith stuff don't work. It sure does. He was walking on the water. But if you let yourself get distracted in the middle of having a miracle, and if the only thing's keeping you alive is that word, how long does it take you to go under? You can go under just like that. And it's not that the word failed. It's not that it was God's will. It's not that faith didn't work. It's that you got distracted. Got your eyes off the Lord. Got your eye. We've all done it. But then don't go and say it didn't work. Or it wasn't God's will. What did the Lord say to Peter when he grabbed him? He grabbed him. And he, what, what did he say? Why would you doubt? What does that mean? You didn't have to. You didn't have to go down. The wind and waves was blowing before you started, Bob. <laughs> right? What's that got to do with what me and you are doing out here? Somebody, I guess, needed that. So, Romans 4, are you there? In fighting the good fight of faith, we cannot afford... And, and the enemy's subtle. I guess I'm not done with this. The enemy's subtle. When you're dealing with things, he'll have well-meaning people call you 
and try to get you to talk about your symptoms. People that don't understand faith and don't, I mean, they, they mean well. Maybe they do care about you, but they'll say, now, no, don't give me all them faith confessions now. Tell me how you really feel. Because, you know, when I, you didn't look good when I saw you. Well, don't that bless you. <laughs> not, you, just, you just look bad. You look bad. If you're really in a battle and the only thing keeping you alive is the Word of God, how much of a break can you take? You can go under like that. You can go down quick. And you're saved. You're a child of God. You go to be with the Lord. But you'd be robbed of time you should have had down here. And reward you should have gotten for what was accomplished in your remaining time. Somebody say, I'm not leaving. Till me and the Lord. Get good and ready. For me to go. No. No. Didn't Paul say, I, I don't know which one I will choose. Yeah. Yes, sir. Is it his choice? Yes, he said it was. Yes. Whether to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, or, or stay here with you. And then he said, you need help. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stay. I'm going to because you, you need me. <laughs> said out loud, with long life. Long life. Long life. He will satisfy me and show me his salvation. I'm not dying early with some accident. I'm not dying early from some crime. I'm not dying early from some stinking disease that I've been redeemed from. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. And until I finish my race and complete my course, I am unkillable. Because of the greater one inside of me. Paul got that revelation when he was out there in that hurricane, in that ship. And that angel told him, you have an appointment. You must appear. When he got saved, the Lord told him that. You, you're going to preach and, and, and bear my name before kings and Gentiles. And he saw, he realized that. And when he did, faith rose up in him. And he said, I can't die out here. It looked like they were going to die. He said, I can't die out here in this hurricane. Even when they were cast on that island and a viper, poisonous viper jumped, he just shook him off. Why? See, he had a basis for his faith. He said, I can't die here. I have an appointment in Rome. <laughs> Hurricanes can't kill me. Snakes can't kill me. Wild natives can't kill me. Diseases can't kill me. Why? Not because I'm all that. It's because the one who's got me on a mission is well able to cause me to complete my mission. Hallelujah. I'll go when me and my good Lord get good and ready for me to go and not before. And we can go the way he wants us to go. The scripture said, let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end 
be like his. I don't have to die delirious with a bunch of drugs and a bunch of tubes in excruciating pain. I don't have to go that way. I can get up and tell everybody, see ya. I'm out. This been real. (laughs) I'll see you soon. But the Lord told me last night, I can go. And so I'm going. And you slip out of your body. You won't have to shoot it. Or put a disease on it. You slip out of your body, it will fall on the floor. (laughs) Hallelujah. But if we, if we stay here another 50 years, another 75 years, whatever your age is to get to where you should get, it's going to pass so quick, so quick, so yeah. quick. Yeah. And we don't need to be robbed yes. of what we have because decisions are being made concerning, uh, I shouldn't say decisions, he already knows in from the beginning, but tests are being passed concerning reward. And concerning things in the kingdom, it matters. A lot of people say, oh, I don't care. If I can just get in heaven, I'll be happy. Well, you wait till you see what we got. (laughs) What's going with us, you? How many think you want to be faithful? You want to be faithful because his reward is exceeding. And the riches of his grace are going to be revealed throughout eternity. Hallelujah. We'll see if we can get back to the text. Romans 4, 19, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. What did he do? What does great faith not do? It's not moved by what it sees. It's unaffected by what it feels. Why? Because it doesn't look at it. We walk by faith, not by sight. While we look not at the things that are seen but at the things that are not seen. And, and, and that's where the fight of faith comes in because every day we are bombarded by things to look and feel and we can be flesh-minded and there's death in it. But it's a choice. You can change the channel. And if somebody calls and pulls on you solically, there are times you need to be strong and say, uh, sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm busy. Doing what? Well, what I'm doing. <laughs> Bye. Because you don't need to hear it. If all that's keeping you alive and afloat is the word of God you're walking on like Peter, you cannot afford to take your eyes off the master for five minutes and have a pity party or any of that. Say it one more time. Not the last time, but tonight. I will live. And not die early. And not die die wrong. And I will declare. declare The glory of God. God And give him praise. praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that's. Thank you Lord. That brings us right up to verse 20 now. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But he was what? Strong. Strong in faith. Doing what? Giving glory. To God. Say it out loud. Strong in faith, giving glory to God. Let's say it together. Strong in faith, giving glory to God. Say it again. Strong in faith, giving glory to God. Say it again. Strong in faith, 
Just praise him just a minute. Just lift up your. Don't look at me. Lift up your eyes to him. Close your eyes. Lord, we love you. We, we seek your presence. We honor you. We glorify you. You are the head of the church. Yes, you said it. None that were given to you were lost. Ha <laughs> ha! There are a number of people that the devil did his best to, to get not to be here. But they are here. And he has lost a battle. <laughs> because the Lord knew this corporate anointing would affect this right now. Said out loud, Satan, Satan take your hands, take your hands off, of off of God's property. We rebuke you. We rebuke you. Leave them. Leave this, place. Leave this place. We command it. We command in, it. Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Uh-huh. You'll be free now. You'll be free now. If you want to be. You'll be free now. And you won't be lost. And that ministry won't be lost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. We're at the merging of two realms. (laughs) Are you hungry for it? Come on, are you hungry for the reality of the Lord, for for the moving of His Holy Spirit, manifesting of His Holy Spirit and His holy angels? His glory is here. We need to know more about how to yield to His Spirit and cooperate with Him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Say it out loud again. Strong in faith. faith. Giving glory to God. God. Strong in faith. faith. Giving glory glory to God. God. Hallelujah. Go to John 11, if you would. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Do you know it's important to be at the meetings the Lord tells you to be in? It can be life and death. It can make the difference. Praise God. Just like we were saying, there are times, you know, especially, you don't need somebody pulling on you to focus on your feelings. Well, just like that can hurt you. Being around people of strong faith can help you. Hallelujah. Maybe you're dragging a little bit and you come around some strong faith and you get quickened. Next thing you know, you're feeling stronger than when you came in. You're seeing things different. What seemed so hard don't seem so hard anymore. What seemed unreachable seems right here. Hallelujah. Corporate anointing. Thanks. Be to God. Do you sense his presence and his spirit? My, my, my. John 11, verse 40. In the, right before the word was spoken and Lazarus was raised from the dead, Jesus said to his sister, he said, said I not to you 
that if you would believe, you should see the glory of God. Jesus said, if you'll believe, you will see the glory of God. They hadn't seen the glory of God in her brother being sick. They hadn't seen the glory of God in him dying young and dying wrong. That's not the glory of God. Works of the devil glorify the devil. Works of God glorify God. It's the devil that steals, kills, and destroys. Jesus has come that we might have and enjoy life to the full until it overflows in abundance. He said, didn't I tell you? How many believe his words are just as powerful to us right now as to her? He said many things that are not recorded. This is recorded because it belongs to every generation. He said, didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you will see the glory of God. Believing and seeing the glory are connected. Believing and experiencing his power are connected. Carnal man wants to turn it around. Reverse it. Show me and I'll believe. Zap me and I'll believe. Do a miracle in front of me and I'll believe. But it's not true. You can see the most amazing miracles right in front of you and still not believe. Still not believe. My dad said as a boy, my grandmother took him to uh, one of William Branham's meetings. And uh, my grandmother had uh, cancer. And her mother was also in the meeting. And they both were healed in that meeting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So me being here is a product of healing ministry. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) What would have happened to her? What would have happened to him? Who knows? But he said, he got up in the healing, he's just a boy, he got up in the healing line, and he said a woman was standing beside him with a giant goiter on her neck. He said, man, it was half as big as her head. You couldn't miss it. And said when he ministered to her, he said that thing went down just like you stuck a pin in a balloon. It just went down flat against the sand, and her neck is just flat like a normal neck. He said, he's a little boy, he's standing there looking at it right beside him. And he said he felt the presence of God. And he said as he was leaving, there were some men that were standing outside, and he heard them saying, did you see that? One said, yeah. He said, how'd they frame that up? How'd they fix that to happen? They saw an astounding miracle right in front of their eyes. Did they believe? You don't have to believe. It's not, seeing is not believing. Absolutely not right. The psalmist said, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord In the land of the living. It's not see and feel and then believe. It's believe. If you'll believe, you'll see. 
the glory of God. Look with me. Hallelujah. Go to Genesis 25th chapter. Let yourself be more aware of the spirit than you are of the natural. Hallelujah. How many believe the spirit of God is here? Angels are here. You believe it? You can't see them, but it's true. It's real. And the more we respect that, the more we reverence that, the more we believe that, the more it's manifest. And the stronger our faith gets, the more we see. If you'll believe, say it out loud, if you'll believe, you will see the glory of God. On that day, they saw it in the resurrection of Lazarus and in his healing. They saw the glory of God. In Genesis, the 25th chapter, verse 29, this is the story of Jacob and Esau. And this is recorded in the New Testament. Over in Hebrews, it's referred to. But it says, Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray, with some of that red pottage, for I'm faint. Therefore was his name called Edom, referring to the red. And Jacob said, sell me this day your birthright. Well, (laughs) he's his brother. He wants something to eat of his food. And he says, yeah, I'll give you some, not for free. Sell me your birthright. Now, we, we think that's not very nice of Jacob, and it's not. And he, uh, Jacob was a tricker. But if you read about what happened after he got hooked up with Laban, the tricker got tricked. You will, if you don't repent, you'll reap what you sow. But setting that aside, there is a positive thing here. Why would Jacob want it? Why is this in here? He said, sell me your birthright because it didn't belong to him as being the second born. It only belonged to the first born. But he wanted it. Why did he want it? Why did he want it? And Esau said, behold, look. I'm at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do me? What's he doing here? What good is this birthright? And so, verse 33, Jacob said, fine, swear to me this day. See, they got no paperwork. There's no exchanging of money. There's nothing. Esau doesn't respect spiritual things. Which means he has no faith in them. He doesn't respect the blessing. The birthright of the firstborn was the double portion blessing. In Deuter- you read about it in Deuteronomy 21, 21, 17. 
It's the blessing of the double, among other things. And Esau had no respect for it. And Jacob did. You know, the Bible says there are many that are first that will be last. Last will be first. Why? They're folks that had every opportunity, but they didn't respect it. They didn't appreciate it. And some other folks that you would think didn't have everything going for them, but they respected it. And they revered it. And they desired it. And God gives his precious things to those who appreciate them. Who value them. Hallelujah. 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 I know some years ago, Phyllis and I were thanking God how many good meetings we had been in. How many good messages we had heard. How many anointed, wonderful ministers, men and women of God, we'd been around and been able to sit under and and be even in their presence sometimes. And I mean, I don't know how many great messages on faith we've heard and being redeemed and the authority of the believer and abundance and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, when I got to Ramah, part of my job eventually became monitoring Brother Hagin's classes. And then taking the tapes back home and going over them. (laughs) Again, that's my job. And then going to healing school and talking about it. And and, and as I I began to thank God, I thought, there's people in the world hadn't heard two good healing messages. One good faith message. I thought, why? Why me, Lord? Why Phyllis and I? Why have we been so privileged To be around so much and hear so much. I didn't hear anything from him when I asked that first day. A few days later, he spoke to me about it. I don't mean I heard a voice, but he reminded me, just like it played off in my heart, my mind's eye. The first time we heard messages on faith and healing redemption, and some of them were the Copelands in our little trailer, we heard it. I found out, Phyllis and I found out, we had been redeemed from the curse of the law. We just, we just went ballistic. We thought, what, what, what? We've been redeemed from being sick. We've been redeemed from being broken poor. We've been redeemed from being defeated. We've been redeemed. And so, when you find something that amazing, the pearl of great price... Right? The treasure of all treasures. We went to our friends and we said, you got to listen to this. And we gave them some tapes. And a week or so later we said, what what, what about it? They said, oh, I hadn't got around to it. Hadn't got around to it. Listen, listen. Is it music? No, it's not music. It's preaching. Yeah, you listen to preaching on tape? It was unheard of in our camp at that time, our circle. And finally, weeks and weeks later, did you listen to it? Yeah, listen, part of it. I don't know if I really go for all that. Huh? And the Lord said, see, you valued it. They didn't. He said, you asked why I keep giving you so much? I knew you would value it. 
Praise God. Why are you sitting here tonight? Huh? Why? Is it true that he knew you'd value it? You're here tonight. Why are you here instead of just staying at the house or, or somewhere else? Do you value, I'm just giving you a chance to make a confession here. Do you value the anointed word of the living God? Do you value the revelation of redemption, of abundant living, of healing and long life, of protection, of being led by the Holy Spirit of God, of the authority and power in the name of Jesus? Somebody say, yes, 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 we esteem, we value, we treasure, we treasure your word, your spirit. Well, that's what he's saying when he says to him that hath shall more be given. Why? Because you esteemed what he gave you. And he that is faithful in that which is least will be faithful with more and he'll give you more. Well, the same thing is true with anointing and blessing. Anointing. Before the Lord could add to me an anointing, he had to help me to see that I, sh- I wasn't appreciating what he had already given me. I came up under the healing school under Brother Hagin's ministry and he had such a strong anointing. And then I, I wound up ministering some there and I felt like I don't have what he's got. And here I am trying to minister to people. And so I pled with the Lord for months. Lord, I need more anointing. Got this job, and these people are coming to healing school, and I know the anointing destroys the yoke. I know the anointing is what does it, and I need some more anointing. So please, give me more anointing. Give me more anointing. Give me, give me more anointing, please. I don't know how many different ways I said it. I mean, (laughs) and... And at months of this, more anointing, please, more anointing, please, more anointing, please, more anointing. One day, laying in the floor in the speaker's room, because I was going to lay hands on people, and I was feeling not very anointed. And (laughs) so what am I doing? Pleading and asking for more anointing. And the Lord spoke a word to me. He said, faithfulness. I stopped. I knew it was him. I said, Lord, faithfulness. Okay, okay, that's good. I believe it. Uh, what I could really use right now, because healing ministry is about to start here in just a few minutes. <laughs> Maybe you're quicker than I am. Come on now, has he ever answered you and you didn't realize he was answering you? Okay, well, what you laughing at me like that for? Then? And so I started again, and he said to me again, Keith, Keith, faithfulness, faithfulness. I knew he was speaking to me, so I stopped and I sat up and I said, yes, sir, yes, sir, uh, faithful. I'm going to do a study on this. I'm going I'm to do a word study. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into this. But what I could really use right now. <laughs> and then he helped me. He said, he, he reminded me of the little boy's lunch just the tiny amount that he fed the multitudes with, he said, you're comparing yourself with Brother Hagin. He didn't start where he is. And 
you can't be thinking about what he has because that's not what you have. You need to be thankful for what I've given you. And if you'll be faithful with what I've given you. You see, what? I, why am I talking about this? I was not appreciating properly what he had given me. He said, if you'll value and use what I've given you, I'll add to you. I'll increase. That's, that's his principle for everything. Whether it's an offering, whether it's a revelation, whether it's an anointing, whether it's a position, a ministry, everything. He gives you a little, sees what you do with it. And I saw it. He said, you feel like you, you don't have much. He said, remember this. I can take a little and do a lot with it. Come out to the little boy's lunch. Quit looking at Brother Hagin. Quit looking at yourself. So I saw what I must do. I quit praying and begging about that. And I went to Luke and I went to Matthew. And I just sat up in the floor there and I said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. <laughs> because he's anointed me. Oh, come on, say it out loud. Everybody say, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Don't look at somebody else. Be thankful for them. But you need to be thankful for what he's given you. He said, all of my people receive an anointing when they're filled with the Spirit. He said, many have done nothing with that anointing. Why would they need more? But if you do something with it, he adds to you. So I begin to confess that. I begin to say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing. The anointing is on me. It destroys yokes. It removes burdens. It drives out evil spirits. Hallelujah. The anointing. I begin to confess it and say it. So instead of begging like I was doing before I laid hands on people, I'd spend 30 minutes, 45 minutes just confessing the Spirit of the Lord's on me because He's anointed me. He's anointed me. I got to be thankful for what he's given me. I've got to esteem that. And as the years went by, it did get stronger. And there were a couple of times where he added to me noticeably. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the revelation. But what's Esau's great faith? A lot of people would think, well, what's the big deal about that? You know, it is a giant deal. He despised a precious gift to him from God. And he lost it. He despised it. And he lost it. And Jacob, even though he was shifty and he went about it the wrong way, there was a positive thing that he did appreciate it. He did value it. In Job, don't turn there, but in Job 21.14, he said, talking about people that say to God, Job 21.14, depart from us, for we desire not the knowledge of your ways. What is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what profit should we have if we pray to him? You'll, you'll hear this, for this, is, this is an evil phrase. What good does it do? What difference does it make? This is evil. And it is faith preventing. And it can actually prevent the anointing from manifesting. 
What good does it do? What profit is it? In Malachi, talking about giving and talking about finances. Can you see why the enemy has pushed so so hard this he pushes it as freedom. Everything's casual. Everything's no big deal. No big deal. But what people don't realize is everything is becoming to them no big deal. Well, God is a big deal. His word is a big deal. His anointing is a big deal. It's to be reverenced. He said in Malachi 3 and 13, your words have been stout against me, says the Lord. Now see, a lot of folks would say, it doesn't matter. The Lord says what he wants to, and it makes any difference what men say. Well, that's not what the Lord said. He said, your words have been stout against me. Well, why would he even say that if it doesn't matter? And he said, you say, what? What did we say? <laughs> so here's another thing people don't realize how disrespectful they are. How dishonoring they are. And verse 14 he said, you have said, and God heard it, it is vain to serve God. What profit is it that we kept his ordinance? Listen to the Amplified on this. He said, you have said it is useless to serve God. And what profit is it that we keep his ordinances? There's a lot of folks. I've had people tell me just in essence that what good does it do to go to church? I went to church for X years. I don't, what, what good does it do tithing, tithing? That's just preachers just came up with that to line their pockets. What good does it do? All that confessions, I made confessions and it didn't work for me. All they're showing is they never valued it to begin with. I tried that and it didn't work. No, honey child, it tried you. And you failed the test. But for every man, every woman, every young person, every child, that'll show some respect. Hallelujah. That'll get their self ready. And prepare their heart before they come in. And they're saying, we're going to hear the word of the living God. We're going to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're going to worship Him. And be in the moving and manifesting of His presence. Oh, the more reverence you show, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. You'll see the glory of God. In your needs being met. You'll see the glory of God. In your desires. Good desires being fulfilled. Things you don't even need. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. You'll see the glory of God. In you and your family. Being sustained. Where others just simply went under. He said those that honor me. I will honor. He honors us by his presence. And by answering our prayers. And taking care of us as the good shepherd that he is. Can we come up? Do we have room to come up in our respect of his things? In our reverence. We need to know when it's okay to play and joke 
and be light. And we need to know when it's time to stop it and show reverence. I'm not talking about being depressed. I'm just talking about realizing who's in the room and who's talking and what's going on. And these things are holy. Isn't that what the beings speak and keep speaking in his presence in heaven? Holy. Holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Is he awesome? Is he awesome? Oh, oh, oh. You can tell people that know him a little bit that have actually been in his presence because they've touched his awesomeness. He, he, and you can tell people that haven't because in their mind, he's a, help me to say it right. You know, they, they're just too light and they just, they're, they're like little babies that don't really know what's going on. They don't really know who their daddy is. Yeah, he's Papa. Yeah, he'll hug you. Yeah, but he is keeping all the stars burning. His power is just, you can't describe it. His knowledge, his wisdom. A mortal man can't look in his face and keep living in in mortality. And he's your father. He's my father. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, just lift your hands and say, I worship you, Father. I reverence you. I revere your holiness. I honor your greatness. I esteem highly, highly, highly your holy things. Oh, Hapesha. Kema Otesha. Teach these things to your children. Teach them when to be silent and show respect. Teach them when to defer. Teach them when it's time to lay aside the frivolous. Teach them by your example yourself. And by your words. And when they realize. And show you respect. Because I told them to. It'll go well with them. And they'll live long. And prosper. And be a success. Hallelujah. 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 You know Romans tells us. To submit to those that are in authority and to every authority of man. Well, a lot of these people wouldn't even be saved. Why should we show them respect? Here's the thing many have not understood. People in authority, including godly people. You won't always be able to appreciate and respect everything they say and do because they're like you they're human they can make mistakes they can say and do things they shouldn't say and do but if you don't respect the place 
Everybody say place. 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 If you don't respect the place, you wind up disrespecting God himself who put him in the place. How many understand, if we're going to honor God, we must respect the place. Even if we can't respect every detail. Hallelujah. Remember what David said when Saul, who has an evil spirit, and is trying to kill him. What did he say? I will not touch God's anointing. God's anointed? He sure ain't acting like God's anointed. Is he making a big deal out of Saul? No, he's honoring what God did. God chose that man. God put his holy anointing on that man. And David's going to respect that no matter what that man does. It's not just about him making a big deal out of a man. It's because David knew something of the glory of God. And he was going to honor God no matter what anybody else did. Ain't about them deserving it. It's about God's choice. Hallelujah. God's choice. Come on, say, say it out loud. I respect God's choice. I will honor God's choice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your elders. Naturally and and spiritually, your parents, naturally and spiritually, they don't have to do anything to deserve your respect. And even if they do stuff that they shouldn't, you show honor because of God's choice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let it never come out of your mouth concerning any of the things of God. What good does it do? The enemy will tempt you and prod you. And if you're letting yourself have a bad day, arrest yourself. Do not let it come out of your mouth. I don't care if it's in private or wherever. What good is it doing me? Because you're getting on serious ground. You don't want to be like Esau. Faith says... It's working. (laughs) It's working. The word always works. Faith always works. I'm not moved by what I see. Hallelujah. Job said a lot of things he shouldn't have said. Job had to repent. He accused God of being unjust and unfair. But one thing that got him through, he wouldn't quit. He wouldn't quit. And you remember he said, he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. There'll be a lot of things you don't understand. But you can make up your mind, I am not agreeing with anybody that maligns his word. Or that speaks ill of his things. What if I die trusting God? Honey, you don't want to die any other way. Is that right? (laughs) And if you didn't see it all, it wasn't doing it all right, and you slip out of here and you forfeited some of some things that you could have, who are you going to see? You slip out of here, who are you going to see? And you're going to say, Lord, 
I was believing you best I knew he said I know baby come here come here come here I know (laughs) and as you're hugging him you're going to forget all about it (laughs) and then for the next several centuries every now and then you'll go oh oh no wonder oh I see oh because right now you just see part go to Mark 6 maybe we can pick up here tomorrow night I believe that was a word from the Lord about teach your children you know that's one of the reasons why God chose Abraham because he said I know him he'll teach his children teach them what he taught them respect and love and faith for the things of God. Mark 6. In the beginning days of Jesus' ministry, amazing things are happening. Healings, deliverances, signs and wonders. And then he came home. <laughs> and he stood up and read scripture that he had read in other places. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. This day, this prophecy is fulfilled. It's happening now. The anointing is here. And they said, what? (laughs) What? He's done gone off and got the big head. Is this Joseph's boy or not? Joseph, he forgot. We know who he is. We know where he grew up. My sister works with his brother down at the grocery store. His daddy fixed some furniture for me one time. What did they say, verse 3? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and of Simon, are not his sisters here with us? And they were what? At what? Why now and why this? Because he is making a big deal out of the prophecy, out of the anointing, and out of the call on him and how the Father has sent him for these purposes. And what did they do? They blew it off and they said, he's not anointed. And so for them, he wasn't. I want you to look how serious this is. Look at the very next phrase. Jesus said to him, a prophet's not without honor, but in his own country. And among his own kin. And in his own house. It takes faith. Not to just see flesh. But to see gifts. That God has put in people. Even if they're your kin folks. Even if it's your spouse. Come on are you with me? So many times people are ooh and ah. At somebody on the platform. But they don't know them. They don't live with them. They don't see them when they're more in the flesh. 
And maybe they got somebody in their life that's got a similar grace and gift. But ah, that's just Joe. That's just my husband. Or worse, my old man. My old lady. We shouldn't use language like this. That's like the ungodly talk. He said, let me paraphrase a little bit. I don't get treated like this other places I go. People, the, the last several towns I read this scripture in, they were shouting. <laughs> people shouted. They yelled. People got delivered. People got healed. Why? Because when he said, the spirit of the Lord is here. The spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me. This prophecy that you've been reading all your life and your mom and daddy and them is coming to pass right now, right in front of your eyes. And these other crowds said, "Woo!" man, they shouted, they ran, and there were signs and wonders. There were healings. But here, they're like, what? You're anointed? We know you, boy. Verse 5. And he what? Didn't say he chose not to. He what? Could there do no mighty work? Does it matter if you esteem an anointing or not? Does it affect what you get out of it? Has this been real enough to us? I don't think so. You know, traveling with Brother Hagin for a time, we'd go to different places and different meetings. And I was reminded of the scripture where Jesus said, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive prophet's reward. Why well, keep saying it like that? If you receive a prophet, how? In the name of, as an anointed prophet, you receive what? A prophet's reward. What is a prophet's reward? Well, it's the full manifestation of the ministry of the prophet. Everything that God does through that ministry. And so we'd go to places and I'd see groups receive Brother Hagin as a teacher. You know what they got? Teacher's reward, which is great. But he wasn't just a teacher. We'd go to other places and sometimes the pastors would preach and teach on the prophet's ministry and anointing for weeks before we got there. And sometimes before the song service is over, on the first night, he's prophesying. He's seeing things. What difference did it make? Somebody said, well, if he'd have been prayed up enough, and what are you going to say Jesus wasn't prayed up enough here this day? We haven't realized how much utterance is affected by the hearers. And how much the manifestation of the Spirit is affected by people's reverence level. By how much they honor the Word. I've, I've been a few places, thank the Lord, not many. But I've been a couple of places where I was there for days and never could get out what I had in my spirit. You might say, what do you mean? Did you know what to preach on or not? Yeah. Well, why couldn't you get it out? A couple of reasons. One, unless the utterance is there, even though you got a sense of it, you can't express it. It takes supernatural utterance. 
eat. And also, the scripture said, don't cast your pearls before swine. If people don't appreciate it, you're not supposed to just keep pushing precious things off on people when they don't want to hear it. You're supposed to hush. But there's been many other places, thank the Lord, that you're around people. And it's not that they're making a big deal out of you. They just love the word. And they just love the anointing. And it's precious to them. And there may be times you're tired or, or you, you want to do something else and you're just around them for a few seconds and revelation starts coming out of you. You didn't plan it. You didn't intend to. Why? Because they respect it so much. They reverence it. And it causes that anointing to manifest. Can you say amen? amen. Can you say glory to God? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Oh, praise be to God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. The Lord told us last night our faith is coming up. Is that right? We're expanding. We're increasing. We're being enlarged on the inside. This is happening. Stand on your feet. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Stand on your feet. Oh, Shayla Patani Matichi. Oh, hallelujah. Pray this prayer out loud with me. Father God, work in me to will and to do of all your good pleasure. Enlighten my understanding to see how valuable, how precious, how honorable, how glorious are your words, your things, your people, and I will give them a greater place in my heart and in my actions. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.